Lenny. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to episode 68 of the Front Porch Book Club. The Front Porch Book Club is a podcast that meets twice a month. We like to dig deep into the relationship between characters and the worlds they live in. Grab your book and iced tea and join us on the Front Porch. Nancy, today we're going to do something a little different. (laughs) Since it's our last episode of the year, we thought it would be fun to try a year in review and a year to come. We'll be asking each other questions. And so our listeners will also learn a little about us and the podcast and our plans for 2024. I get to be the first one to ask a question. What is your favorite thing about our podcast? My favorite thing is talking to you about books and hearing your opinions about them and getting your take, but maybe that's self-evident. So my second favorite thing is talking to our experts who I find so fascinating and I always feel like I get a deeper understanding of the books when I learn more about the context of the book in some way. So I think those are my two favorite things. Yeah. You know what, Nancy? I agree with you. I really like our episodes. I like talking to you and talking about the books and just chit-chatting back and forth. But I really think we have had some really interesting experts or authors. Talking to them does create more of a rich atmosphere for reading the book. Mm -hmm. I've often thought, oh, I should go back and read it now that I have a better (laughs) understanding of the book. So I enjoy both aspects of our podcast. How many times after talking to the expert have we said, wow, that author really must have done a lot of research because our authors almost always are just right on the mark. You talk to these people who have spent their life as scholars, for example, researching a specific area or time period or topic. And then when we talk to them about books that have that element in them, we often find that the authors have just beautifully captured really important themes but in a way that is very entertaining. Yeah, I Nance, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm so impressed with authors. Now, this podcast, quite honestly, is my deepest dive into any kind of books that I have ever read. Yeah. I've pretty much stayed away from books as much as possible my whole life. <laughs> so this is kind of a deep dive for me, learning how how are books even written? You know, sometimes I'm confused at the beginning of them. (laughs) I don't know what they're even about. I just download them on my Kindle and start reading. I have no idea. Is this fiction, nonfiction? Where's the story going? So it's been interesting for me to be, I will call myself an emerging reader. There you go. I'm emerging in fiction, nonfiction, self-help books, all of those different genres. It's been interesting to be a reader. (laughs) (laughs) You've helped me. And now I have a library card. So Uh, kudos to 2023. I'm just so happy to be the reason you have a library card. (laughs) I cannot express how happy I am. (laughs) I bet you are. (laughs) Okay. Here's the question I've been dying to get back to. In January, we read Max Out Mindset and interviewed its author, Dr. Larry Widman. And we were really both 
interested in that book because we wanted to up our athletic skills. So you in pickleball and me in tennis. Mm -hmm. I think we all want to know how pickleball went for you this year and how Max Out Mindset played into that. Well, this was our only self-help book that we ever did. And I was so impressed with him. I actually suggested this book to a coach a couple weeks ago. Her daughter won the best student athlete at her school. Wow. For the year. And that's against all of the sports, which probably encompass like 100 kids or something. Oh, my goodness. And her mom is a coach. And she said, you know... I think we just need to do more teamwork. I think that's the edge where we need getting them to play better together, communicate. Okay, I have a book for you. (laughs) (laughs) So I gave her the book. So I'll have to check in later with her to see what she thinks of it. But that is just exactly what she was thinking her team needed for this coming year. My goodness. Lenny, now you're recommending books. Now I'm recommending (laughs) books. What can I say? I've grown a lot in this area. But how is pickleball going? Yeah. It has been a challenging pickleball year. And that's because I got about a vertigo, which lasted for months and months and months. And I still have a little bit of dizziness. Yeah. So Max Out Mindset helped me to get through that because Okay, so I guess in a nutshell, without spending an hour on my maxed out mind, because I think I could, (laughs) it makes me more aware of the energy I'm putting out. Mm -hmm. Okay, because life isn't all about Linda. I think maybe I'm the center of the universe, but I'm really not. (laughs) (laughs) And so what I'm projecting and putting out there, I'm much more aware of. Interesting. His mantra for me, because I struggled in that area was 12 months ago, reset. That's what we decided would work for me. And Nancy, I use that all the time. Wow. I even say it out loud sometimes. Okay, just reset. That really does help me to look forward rather than backward and clean my slate and help me to move forward. So I would say that was my second best takeaway with that book is clear my head. Don't dwell on the past. Play in the present. Keep focused on here and now, not what happened five strokes ago or how I'm feeling five strokes ago. Let it go. Reset now. While you were experiencing the vertigo and were unable to play pickleball, did you ever do any of the visualizations that he talked about? It did not take long for my PT team to put the racket in my hand and said, we're going to start moving. Yeah. And so it didn't really need to be visual at that point. I was, well, we started with a balloon, a very slow balloon (laughs) drifting down and me trying to hit it while staying upright. So it started pretty quickly in PT to not visualize, but actually put it into practice. All right. So tell me about tennis. Okay. So I added some weekly goals that incorporated some of his ideas. And so I have weekly goals that I've been following throughout the year in terms of just practicing 
And then some new weekly goals that I've incorporated just on overall strength training. And then I also had weekly goals on meditation because that's supposed to be important. So I will tell you, I did pretty well with my weekly goals on practice because I kind of have those set. Yeah, they're a part of your schedule, right? Yeah, they're a part of my schedule. I have certain drill classes I go to. I had certain leagues I was a part of, whatever. The weight training has been going well. The meditation has been a huge failure. I just don't put aside the time, even though there are so many positive benefits. And so I'm going to continue to have that next year on my weekly goal list. Okay. So Nancy, yeah, were you practicing any kind of mindfulness or meditation before this? No. I mean, prayer, but I don't consider prayer meditation. No. So this was like a totally different thing for you. Yeah. Were you meditating like cleaning your brain, your mind. Okay. I mean, actually, when I used to do yoga a lot, the last 15 minutes is always a meditation. And I always enjoyed that. But right now I'm not doing yoga classes. So I didn't have that going on. Here's, Here's my take on it without going too deep on it. I started out with meditation just one minute. Yeah. I'd set a timer and just do one minute and just breathe and let it go. Just let it go and incorporate it on your ride up in the elevator Hmm. before you start the car. Maybe not in the winter, (laughs) maybe before (laughs) you get out would be the easiest thing, but I would start just like one minute and then a couple times a day or whenever you think about it. And then I think when your mind starts going, Oh, I remember what the 15 minutes was after yoga. Maybe it'll be a little easier rather than scheduling I'll tell you, I get a lot of relief in one minute. Yeah. I really, really do. Okay. I can feel it. And I'm saying an elevator ride to the third floor where I work. Mm -hmm. I can just let it all go clean my mind out pretty quick and relax. That's a really good suggestion. Maybe this idea of 20 minutes of meditation three times a week, that might be just too big a lift for me. Well, it clearly is. I'm not doing it consistently. Because you didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, starting a little more modestly in terms of length is probably a really good suggestion. Yeah. Even in grad school, we started with one minute. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool that you guys did that in grad school. Yeah. And it was a challenge. Now, in terms of while I was playing, especially in my leagues, like in my drill classes, I love those. Those are no stress. They're just fun. They're not competitive. They're just practice. They're not competitive, right. But in my league this year, I had some ups and some downs. Mm -hmm. I lost a lot of matches in one league. In my other league, I ended up about middle of the pack. I did try to keep some of his concepts in mind in terms of reset like you did, but I don't know. Competition is kind of a struggle for me. I don't really like the feeling of competing against the people across the net. I would rather just play for fun. So that has been a struggle for me because it feels unfamiliar to me. Like we were never really involved in really competitive things growing up, right? No, no, no. No. But I'm starting a new league Thursday night. So in two days, but it's a very low stress league where you switch partners even throughout the night. 
So I think that that will actually be really good training wheels for me because that in a way feels more cooperative. Maybe that's really where I need to start. And maybe that's where I also need to end. Maybe these super competitive USTA leagues is just not for me. I don't know. I'll be interested to see what my experience is. I'm interested to hear about it too, Nance, because I'm wondering, like the league that I was in, we kept switching partners constantly. Yeah. And in some way, then all those people become your friends. Exactly. Because you're competing against them 10 minutes and then the next 10 minutes, they're your partner. Exactly. So you might have a very different experience. But yeah, I think that book had a big influence on us. Yeah, I'm going to keep working at it. I think really good tenants to keep in mind. And I'm so excited that you recommended this to your friend who's a coach because there was a whole section on being a good teammate and how teams can be vulnerable with one another. So that's really great. I'll be interested to hear if there's anything that comes from that, what your friend thinks about the book. Yeah, I will be too, because she was actually looking for specific hands-on activities. And I said, the book has those. Mm -hmm. She also works with women athletes, which, you know, he said it can be both men and women, but he had a lot of experience in women's teams, which are different. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting if she does that. I suggested that if she wanted to, she could just listen to our podcast and see if that was a book she might want to buy. Oh, wonderful. So let's see. We had other books too, Nance, that we, I mean, we did more than (laughs) one book this year. So we should probably talk about some of the other ones. That was our January book. We better be moving right along here. We're not going to talk about each book at such great length. The thing is, though, pickleball and tennis are our two obsessions. So we had to talk about that. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So which books were your favorite, Nance? Now, this is going to be hard because I know you love all books. But can you think of one or two that really stood out this year? Oh my goodness. You're right. I really love them all. It's almost an impossible question. I guess I would say I really loved some of our fiction books, especially. You know, they've kind of stuck with me. I love Such a Fun Age, the contemporary story set in Philadelphia, started with a racial profiling incident. I thought that just dealt with such interesting contemporary topics. Sparks Like Stars I love because we learned so much about Afghanistan. I loved Our Missing Hearts. It was kind of a book set in the future that deals with fascism. Island of Missing Trees, it was so fun to hear about Cyprus and learn all about a country I knew very little about. Oh, he was so charming. So charming. He had the accent, the jovial manner about him. It's very personable. Didn't he kind of remind you of Hugh Grant? He had that adorable Hugh Grant stutter. Yeah, just the beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then I have to say, I really enjoyed I Am a Man by Joe Starita because that dealt with the really important issue of Native American rights that takes place in Nebraska. And it's a book I've always wanted to read, and I'm really happy to have read it. And hey, I ran into Joe at the Governor's Lecture for the Humanities Hmm. that Amor Tolles spoke at, our author from last year who wrote Lincoln Highway. Amor Tolles was an amazing, charming, funny speaker. 
just maybe the most interesting speaker I've ever heard. And I've been to a lot of conferences and heard a lot of speakers, but he was just as warm and witty as you can imagine. But anyway, I ran into Joe there and it was fun to talk to him in real life. I mean, those were some of the highlights for me, but I know I didn't answer your question, which was my favorite. They, ah, uh, each one of them kind of has a special Each place in my heart. Each one was a gem. Each one you. was a gem. But how about you? Did you have a favorite? Actually, yeah, some of them did stand out as that I liked more than others. But yeah, the maxed out mind that was a top one for me. Yeah, near the top or the top. I thought he was amazing. Yeah, I liked the psychology, the sports psychology. It was very hands on. It was very applicable to my daily life. Yeah, I loved that book. I thought that was great. I'm going to say, I bet you can't guess. Oh. I'm going to guess that it's not the rabbit hutch because I don't You're think right that. there. You're right. You're right. That was, ooh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to guess. Is it far from the tree? No. Okay. Because that also deals with psychological concepts. So yeah. I thought there was a chance it might be that. No, no. Okay, lessons in chemistry is my final guess. No. Although she had really cute cat glasses. I really yeah. like the cat glasses. It was, I am a man. <gasps> yep. Okay. I'm going to say that one and the maxed out mindset. Okay. So why I am a man? Okay. It was nonfiction. Yeah. I appreciated, like we said at the top of this podcast, the incredible research that this man did. It's very applicable to me because I live very close to one of the places where native children went, they were taken from their homes and yeah, Carlisle Indian school. Right. And so that's still in our local news. Mm -hmm. But I appreciated the man that he was his people, what happened to them, that they remained honorable through what they endured. The whole story was agonizing for me to read. But there is a story there that to me showed such grit and such honorability that there were takeaway lessons in that, mm -hmm. that I think everyone can benefit from. And we need to always know what happened because all of this of course could happen again in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So I, I really liked the book because I think I really liked the story talking to the author, he was so incredibly intelligent mm -hmm. and well-versed and knowledgeable. He's a real spokesperson for what happened then. Yeah. We're just not that far away from those times. Uh, it seems like we still need to learn those lessons. So I'm going to say that was a big standout book for me last year. And it is a story I wish everyone in the United States knew. Okay. I want to ask about the element of surprise. Were there any books that surprised you or any guests or anything about our podcast that surprised you this year in some way? Well, I mean, it's not a pinpointed answer, but I was always surprised that we found such amazing people to talk to, Dance, like people who are well-regarded in their field. Yeah. Like top notch people that really know their subject matter. We had some amazing people stop by the front porch. Yeah. So, I mean, authors, 
at times or, or amazing people that know so much about that era and the time and that are well-respected in their fields. I was completely blown away talking to some of these folks that we had and that they would want to stop by and talk to you and I, <laughs> just us. <laughs> we were really fortunate, the people who stopped by to chat with us, and they were also articulate and interesting. We've been very fortunate. Yeah. I feel like I have to stand up a little straighter, you know, sit up and ask intelligent questions because these people really know what's going on, you know? So yeah, that's, that was kind of a surprise to me. Sometimes I was listening to the responses going, oh my goodness, they're so intelligent in their areas. You know, that was, that was a big surprise for me. What about you, Nance? Any surprises this year? Okay. I will tell you a funny surprise. (laughs) So our May book, Far From the Tree, was the thick book, uh, nonfiction, about parents, children, and the search for identity. Okay. I remember when we were getting ready to read it, so this would have been in April probably, and I said, "Um, wow, Lenny, what was it about this book that you really wanted to (laughs) read it? Remember. And you were like, I didn't recommend this book. (laughs) I was like, well, I'm sure you did. I've never even heard of this book. How would it have gotten on our list? And we were back and forth, back and forth, you insisting that you had not recommended me insisting I had never even heard of the book. And then somehow it dawned on me that we had been considering Leanne Moriarty's The Apple Doesn't Fall (laughs) as a possible book. Yeah. And somehow it became far from the truth. What made this this more difficult is people recommend books to us every year. So it's like, no, no, I didn't recommend it. But now did so-and-so recommend it? Oh, well, maybe so-and-so or maybe we got the book this way or, you know, so it wasn't just you and I. It was all the people that we know or people that have told us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it took us a while to detective that down to... Mm -hmm. Oh, wrong book. I did like that book, though. I did like the author yeah, and what he had to say. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fascinating the way he made it a personal book about himself, but that he incorporated some good theory along with his personal story. Mm-hmm. And I have talked to some of our listeners who really enjoyed that book particularly. So it was a mistake on my part, but maybe one of those really wonderful mistakes. Well, I knew I was in trouble when I had read for a very, very long time. And my Kindle said 2%. I read 2% of this book. I think that's when I called you and I said, um, how long is this book? Because I read for hours. <laughs> and my Kindle says 2%. <laughs> and then you told me what it really was. <laughs> okay. Like maybe a thousand pages. Yeah. Okay. Thinking of surprises, Nance. I did have somebody ask me, like when we first put on our podcast, Mm -hmm. are you guys, where does your sister live? Do you really do this on a front porch? Oh. And I'm like, well, my sister lives in Nebraska. So that's a little challenging. (laughs) Yeah. What we do though, is we use a platform that we can see each other. Yeah. We're seeing each other. So that's good. And our guests, when we have our guests on, But unfortunately, we're not sitting on a front porch drinking tea together. 
Well, it's December. So even if you lived in my town, Nancy, I'm not sitting on the front porch <laughs> in December. <laughs> Way too cold for that. And instead of ice tea, it's going to be hot chocolate with mini marshmallows. There you go. You know. <laughs> One thing listeners might be interested in hearing about is that we both watch for good books that we want to read throughout the year. As you mentioned, we also get suggestions from listeners and friends. Sometimes authors or publicists will reach out to us and suggest their book. Then at the end of the year, we sort through all of the recommendations and possibilities, and we come up with our books for the year. And then, of course, we always reserve the right to switch things around, (laughs) which sometimes happens. But I think we have a good lineup this year. Let's talk about the first three books for 2024. I will say that one of our goals last year, Nance, was more diversity. That's right. It was a very purposeful thing. And that's the kind of thing our listeners don't know. We were like, we need to get some more diversity in here. We want to talk about different kinds of groups of people or situations. So we were very purposeful about this year. And we did Afghanistan. We did Native Americans. We did fiction, nonfiction. There's some homosexuality themes in some of the books that we did. We were very, very purposeful. Persons with disabilities. Yes. We, we're we not just looking to say, oh, well, what's on Oprah's list, you know? <laughs> right. We were, we were really purposeful in choosing a variety of books. Yeah. In January, we had such a good time with Max Out Mindset. We decided to do another nonfiction work. We're going to read the real work on the mystery of mastery by Adam Gopnik. And I love Adam Gopnik. He is such a great writer. I've read a couple of his books. He did this wonderful family memoir of the year he and his family spent living in Paris called uh, Paris to the Moon. He writes for the New Yorker. I love his pieces. So in this book, He meets and talks to masters of their crafts, and he's trying to boil down and understand the concept of mastery and how people become masters of things. So his writing is wonderful. I know it will be a very entertaining read, and I hope a really good way to start off the year thinking about mastery in different parts of life, what mastery means and how to attain it. Well, I'm not interested in obtaining mastery in boxing. I'd like to not do that because I think boxing is one of those categories. Yeah. But dancing, painting, some of those creative arts, I think this might be a really good book for me. I think so. And his point is, as humans, we are relentlessly seeking to better ourselves. And Mm -hmm. why is that? Oh, I wonder if I could apply this to pickleball. I'm sure it's applicable to pickleball. (laughs) Okay. Well, then it's worth the read. (laughs) Well, that'll be interesting. I'm glad we're doing another self-help book. I think they stand out as different. Mm -hmm. And I I am interested in seeing what he has to say and learning and applying it to different aspects of my life. And I hope there's sort of a creative flair to it because I always feel like I need that creative 
part of me is sometimes missing and I'm drawing at straws trying to find a creative outlet. So that'll be interesting. Okay, February. So February, we are reading The Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Ruiz Zafon. And this was recommended by good friends of mine. It's set in Barcelona in 1945. It's the aftermath of the Spanish Civil War and World War II. It's uh, about an antiquarian book dealer's son who mourns the loss of his mother and finds a mysterious book. Okay, so my friends love this book, and they recently went to Barcelona to retrace some of the steps of the characters in this book. That's how much they love the book. Oh, interesting. Do you know that my husband lived in Barcelona for a while? Well, I knew he lived in Spain. I did not remember it was Barcelona. And he loved Barcelona. Well, this will be your chance to kind of spend some time living in Barcelona yourself. I guess so. Understanding the culture and the people. So mm-hmm. that, that'll that be one of those neat books that we've done that are like historical mm-hmm. and what was going on at that time. Because I don't know anything about Barcelona in 1945. Yeah, I don't either. So then in March, our book is Remarkably Bright Creek by Shelby Van Pelt. I've already read this book. This is my city selection for our one book, One Lincoln. So the one book that everyone in Lincoln is reading and talking about. And it is just a charming fictional book about a woman who befriends an octopus in her local aquarium. It's fun and interesting and moving. And I was talking to a friend about this and he said, you will cry at the end. And he was absolutely right. I cried at the end. Oh, no. Am I going to cry again? <laughs> you may cry. But they're happy tears for this one. Okay. happy tears. Because Otto was not a happy tear at the end when he died. No, that was a happy tear at the Why end. Why was that happy? Because he died. We all have to die, but that doesn't have to be tear-inducing. It's the beauty of all the friends that he made and how his life had become so meaningful and interconnected in his community that's what my tears were about that he had become such a different person and become such an integral part of the community and they loved him so much yeah all right i guess so (laughs) (laughs) i'll get my tissues out read the book okay boy nance i think that wraps up our year end review i think so too i will see you in the new year sounds great okay (laughs) bye-bye bye-bye